Anyone else? Shahid is there? No, sir. No. Shahid Hassan is there? No, sir. Rasadul is there? Rasadul, are he's there? No. Imran is not there, right? Imran is not there also. Yes. I don't know. This kind of uh, problem is coming quick today. I want to tell you one thing. I teach biology with a lot of care, okay? You can get a lot of guidebooks, but not even one guidebook in the market, I can guarantee you. Although I am not a professional biology teacher by my qualification, but I have been given the chance to teach biology a few months ago to all of you and to prepare you for the biology. And the way I teach, every class I try to teach something very nicely. For example, um, you can ask some of the students who are in the last class. When many of you were not there in the last class, I gave many, many careful examples taken from very, very careful selected areas. And I gave the example of speciation, species diversification, all this. You are not going to get this kind of explanation in a guidebook, okay? Guidebook will just dump on top of your head and leave you, okay? You will continue to make sense and waste your time, even if you manage to uh, learn the answer by the end before the exam. It will waste your time a lot. Instead, if you attend class regularly, I am not scolding you all, okay? I like you all. You are all very good, okay? But the thing is that I am telling that the problem is when someone doesn't attend one class, Again, in the next class, those students who have not attended, they are coming, and the other two are absent. I don't know whether proxy system is going on among you all, but this kind of thing is not nice. Okay, I have tried to put stress on this for the last four months almost, that please try to attend at least 80 to 90% of the class, if not all the classes, because the chain gets broken. When I'm explaining one part of the topic, again, some students are absent in the next class. Again, in the next next class, I have to explain once again for them, and the other students, they get bored. Again, they get absent in the next class. This way, we are having a very bad progress in biology. Okay, already in this chapter, Heredity and Evolution, I have explained about the Miller-Urey experiment, which is essential to understand the concept of evolution on Earth. I explained in detail how Stanley Miller and Harold Urey prepared the exact atmosphere of the Earth which existed during the time of the early Earth. I explained it in detail. I explained why evolution takes place on Earth, why the conditions were exactly fit, and how the atmosphere changed today, how the first organic molecules developed. Taking from the example of the genetic diversity among pea plants, I further explained in the previous classes about how Charles Darwin and Gregor Mendel's theories were developed separately. And although they are separate, both of them have contributed to the theory of heredity and evolution. How from the concept of heredity, we can reach some conclusions about evolution. How crossbreeding of subpopulation takes place. And due to that development of crossbreeding among subpopulation, how that leads to speciation. All these topics I have explained in great detail in the previous classes. Shama, you tell me, yes or no? Didn't I explain all this one by one? Yes, sir. Yes. Now, those students who are taking a long holiday or have, for some reason, 
not attending the biology classes, best of luck to you if you can understand by reading the textbook on your own. In that case, I salute you, okay? But the thing is that uh, I am actually a bit afraid that some of you will uh, learn, but you will not remember. See, there is a difference, students, between learning and remembering. Okay, there is a difference between learning and remembering. Someone can learn and they can even memorize, but they will not remember in the end. Okay, and why they will not remember the theory and they will have to go back to their book and study once again and waste their time, their precious time before the exam when there are so many subjects to prepare is because they might not be paying attention in the class or due to some problem, they might not be attending class that regularly. Students, I know that this is the winter season, winter is coming, and also that the wind is blowing in a very bad way. Sometimes there is network problem. I understand, students, what is your problem. But still, students, I am appealing to you, biology, especially the topic which I am discussing now, heredity, heredity and evolution, not only is it a major topic, which is one of the important concept in biology, you have to understand and internalize this topic along with examples. And I am giving examples in every class. So if you are not attending class, like see, Imran and Rasulul were very much there in the previous few classes. Today, for some reason, both of them are not there. I don't uh, understand this. Anyway, that is their problem. I don't want to further comment on this. But because of not attending class today, they are going to miss again today. Okay, so Shamma, please don't mind. You are the lone student, perhaps, who was present in the previous class. I, have, I am going to go back to the concept of speciation once again for the sake of the students who have joined today and explain to them. Okay, is that fine? The, yes, students, sir. Who have, yes, sir. the students who have come today, are you fine with that? Are you fine with that? Yes or no? of the animal, the metabolism of the animal, 
the shorter the animal, the metabolism and oxidation reactions in the cells of the animal will take place faster. And that is the reason why the animal ages faster and it dies faster. Its body processes cannot carry on and it has a very short life, okay? Now, due to the short life, which we see in insects and birds and other small animals and even reptiles, we see that we can study the concept of evolution very easily. Within one or two generations, these animals, they show noticeable changes in their food habits, uh, body features, the shape of their body. Okay, for example, many years ago, around 1975, about 40, 45 years back, there was a lizard, okay? You know all what is a lizard. There was a lizard in Italy. That lizard used to have a thin neck. What kind of neck the lizard used to have? It used to have a thin neck, okay? Now suddenly the climate of Italy, that is that part of Italy, it changed a bit. And the, uh, the plants which the lizard had to eat became rare. And the lizard, the next generation of that li same lizard, it had to adjust to eating a new type of plant. In order to swallow that type of plant, the lizard had to have a thicker food pipe in his uh, throat. And because of that, the lizard developed a thicker neck. Even the tail shape of the lizard, it changed. But that does not mean that it was a new species. Do you understand, students? It was the same lizard. The species did not change. It was the same lizard. Okay. However, sometimes the change is so great that we say that a new species had developed. Now, this is the concept of evolution. From the point of genetics, if we say, there are two concepts here. One is evolution, okay? And if we, especially if we talk about microevolution, we can see it from the concept of genetics also. If we go over to the experiments, which I told you about before, which Gregor Mendel conducted in Austria, using pea plants and all the shape of the leaves of the pea plants, the arrangement of the flowers, the height of the pea plants, and later the experiments which are conducted using the beetles, the green-colored beetles, the red-colored beetles, and the blue-colored beetles, okay? When we look at all these experiments, which gave mathematical equations on genetics, you can read them in your books, okay? We, when we look at from the point of view of genetics, we see that one pair of a gene in the DNA of the chromosome of the animals, it changes. Due to the change in that one pair of genes, okay, due to the change in that one pair or one set of genes, an entire characteristic, say the shape of the eye or the position of the mouth or the location of the intestine or even the development of a new wing can take place in an animal. And a new species, a totally new species can develop. The question is, how does a new species develop? And can a new species develop by mating with the subpopulations of another species? In one animal only, there are different, different populations. For example, if we take the case of tigers, there is a question about tigers in your textbook also. If we take a subpopulation of a tiger, there are so many subpopulations of tiger. Although there is only one type of, one or two types of tiger left in the world today, 
Okay, basically there are two types of tiger left now. Although even 40 years ago there were six types of tiger. Today there are only two types of tiger. That is the Siberian tiger and the Indian tiger or the Royal Bengal tiger. Now even among the Royal Bengal tiger, there are many subpopulations. The Royal Bengal tiger is not found only in India. Although India is the largest number of Royal Bengal tigers. The Royal Bengal tiger has other populations also. Like there is a small population of about 60 Royal Bengal tigers in Thailand also. Okay, in the jungles of Thailand. In China also there is a group of about 30 Royal Bengal tigers. In Java, in Indonesia also recently, some Royal Bengal tigers have been found. They are smaller in size. Okay, so we can see there are different subpopulations of the Royal Bengal tiger. Not only that, in Nepal also there is a small population of Royal Bengal tigers. So then what will you say, students? In Myanmar also there are Royal Bengal tiger. Now these different populations of Royal Bengal tiger, they are called subpopulations. What are they known as? They are called, in the language of biology, they are called subpopulations. It is very important to understand the concept of crossbreeding among subpopulations if you are going to understand how new species developed. That is the topic of speciation. Look at page number 150. Can you see heading 9.4, speciation? Students, yes or no? Yes, sir. Yes. Now, about that, can you see a question number three? Why are the small numbers of surviving tigers a cause of worry from the point of view of genetics? Can you see that question, students? Now, using this one question, this one question only, you can understand everything about biodiversity, genetic diversity, and you can intermingle. You can understand from both the point of genetics and from the point of evolution how heredity takes place. What is the concept of heredity? Why do genetic changes take place? Why do certain animals become extinct? while others continue to develop into wider varieties. First of all, let us look at why do new species develop. The question is, why is our Earth so full of new species? In the beginning, we had only a few types of reptiles. About 3 billion years ago, there was no animal on Earth. Slowly, about 700 million years ago, the first fishes came on Earth. Then about 500 million years ago or 600 million years ago, the first plants came. And they were not flowering plants, okay? There were no flowers on Earth 600 million years ago. There were no flowers on Earth, only green-colored plants. Then flowers came. From the flowers also, so many varieties of flowers came. And flowers, they came into being mostly after the end of the dinosaurs. Okay, you know, on, at one time on Earth, up to 65 million years ago, that is 6.5 crore years ago, there was only reptiles and reptiles. All these reptiles were not dinosaurs, but on land, the dinosaurs were the most important form of life. At that time, mammals, birds, these had not developed. Birds later on developed from one type of dinosaur only. Okay, dinosaurs only became birds. That is what scientists are telling us today. But at that time, 240 million years ago to 65 million years ago, reptiles and dinosaurs and some kind of flying lizards. They were the dominant form of life on Earth. Then what happened? Why did this life that all vanish together? 
there are many types of answers to this. And one of the main answers, why a species vanishes from the earth and other new species develop in greater diversity and survive till very long time, till today also. And that is because of the reason of genetic diversity. Genetic diversity ensures that there is a healthy gene pool. A healthy gene pool means the animals have a greater resistance to disease. They are better equipped to tackle challenges, to encounter challenges in their environment, in changing vegetation, in other problems like sudden uh, in natural disasters, sudden changes in the food supply, environmental changes, climate change, water supply changes, massive migration, climate change, all these problems any species has to encounter if it survives on Earth for a long time. We human beings, we are only 2 million years old compared to other animals like elephant, tiger, elephant, dolphins or whales or even the apes which have been existing for hundreds of millions of years. We human beings, the Homo sapiens, we are only 1.5 to 2 million years old. That is only 20 lakh years old. So we think that we have experienced everything. However, if you look during the time of human beings, there has been no major change in the climate of the earth. There has only been one or two ice ages when ice sheets spread up to the equator also. But besides that, there has been no major change. Even within that so many less change and such a less time, human beings have developed into so many varieties. Like if you see Europeans, Africans, Indians, Asians, Chinese, Mongoloid, Australoid. Isn't it students? We see so many varieties of human beings on Earth. Yes or no? Tell me. Isn't it true? Yes or no? Yes or no? Students? Yes, sir. Hello, students. Can you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Other students? Hello, the boys are not responding in any way. Is there a network problem? Is there a network problem? I think there might be a network problem. Anyway, let me continue. I am trying to explain to you why some species they develop in greater diversity and other species like dinosaurs they become extinct. See, if we look at the dinosaurs for example, why did they become extinct? They became extinct because they could not adjust first of all to the changing climate of the earth. Yes, it is true that a very big stone, that is a meteor, it fell from the uh, um, space and caused a lot of lava and fire to cover the atmosphere of the earth. And you have, might, might have seen that in Discovery Channel or somewhere. But that is not the entire reason. Dinosaurs were already on becoming extinct. This is because they could not adjust to the appearance of flowering plants. Many dinosaurs were getting poisoned, okay? So you can say dinosaurs were not fit to survive on Earth. They existed for a long time, okay, 160 million years, that is 16 crore years. Still, in the end, they were defeated by simple changes in the climate and vegetation of the Earth, which they could not adjust to. That is why they could not reproduce properly, and their genetic diversity also became less. On the other hand, a small group of mammals, they became bigger and bigger in size, and they started spreading over the Earth just after the extinction of the dinosaurs. And from those groups of mammals, again we see more insects, more birds, and more mammals, again they spread on the earth. Okay, 
if a subpopulation does not does not mate and produce babies with another subpopulation then the genetic diversity within the species becomes less that is why speciation or the development of new species is important it is important for the survival of the animal do you understand students the animal will not survive if there is no greater genetic diversity greater genetic diversity and speciation is essential to the survival of an animal are you getting the idea students yes or no otherwise that animal will become extinct there has to be greater and greater species of that animal is that clear to you the basic idea behind speciation and genetic diversity why genetic diversity is important can you understand students why genetic diversity is important for the survival yes yes genetic diversity is important in order to have a healthier gene pool a healthier gene pool due to the mating of different subpopulation leads to greater resistance to disease better adaptation to the environment and better ability to tackle different challenges including the challenge of climate change which has happened many times in the history of the earth okay so a better gene pool leads to greater survival and that is the reason for subpopulations mating with each other and giving rise to new species that is what i can tell you in short that is the reason that is the essential reason behind speciation or development of new species now i am going to read from the second paragraph in section 9.4 your book also explains this with the example of a beetle a beetle belonging to subpopulation on one side of the jungle which flies over the mountain and lands in the subpopulation of another group of beetles and reproduces with them and gives rise to a new species of beetle by giving rise to a totally new gene pool okay look at the second paragraph of section 9.4 consider what would happen if the bushes the beetles feed on are spread widely over a mountain range the beetle population becomes very large as a result but individual beetles feed mostly on a few nearby bushes throughout their lifetime they do not travel far so in this huge population of beetles there will be subpopulations in neighborhoods since male and female beetles have to meet for reproduction to happen most reproduction will be within this subpopulation but you see students that is what i told you if reproduction continues to happen within one subpopulation the genetic diversity that is the gene pool will become poorer and poorer and as a result that species will become less able to tackle many challenges like food habits climate change environmental problems rising temperature slowly slowly that species might become extinct on the other hand if one of the population migrates to the other side of the mountain and mates with a member of another subpopulation then that gene pool will continue there so even if an elephant comes for example and crushes the entire population of beetles the gene pool of the beetle will still survive in the form of a beetle which will be born in the subpopulation on the other side of the mountain do you understand students so this is why a diversified gene pool is essential this is why new species should develop by intermingling and mating and reproduction of different subpopulations in either case the migrant beetle will reproduce with the local population that is the population of the place where the migrant beetle migrates to that is the new place where the beetle goes whether it has crossed the river 
by sitting on top of a log, whether it has been taken by a flying piece of dust or leaf or stone, no matter what, if the beetle has been picked up and thrown into a subpopulation on the other side of the mountain, at that time the beetle will reproduce by mating with the beetle on the other side of the mountain. So that like this, the gene pool will be enriched in that side also, and the population of these kind of the beetles, their gene pool will be distributed also. So there will be an exchange of genes, which will lead to greater biodiversity. This kind of gene flow is bound to happen between populations that are partly but not completely separated. If, however, between two such subpopulations, a large river comes into existence, the two populations will be further isolated. The levels of gene flow between them will decrease even further. We see this on the case of big animals also. Take, for example, Australia. Have you noticed that most of the animals which are found in Australia are not found anywhere else on Earth? For example, kangaroo, wallaby, platypus, koala, the lyre bird. Have you heard of these animals which are found in Australia? Yes or no, students? And you will see yes, sir. the animals which are there in Australia, they are not found anywhere else on Earth. Why the animals which are in Australia are not found anywhere else on Earth? Not even in Indonesia. Not even in Papua New Guinea, which is close to Australia. Why do you think the animals of Australia are found only in Australia? Can you tell me the reason, students? Your book just told you about that. If there is a river between two subpopulations of beetles, then the beetles cannot cross and mate with each other. So from looking at that example, can you tell me why the animals of Australia are totally different from all the animals of nearby island and other countries of the world? Can you tell me why the animals of Australia are so unique by using this logic? Who will tell me? Use your brain. Use the example I gave you just now. Who is able to tell me why the animals of Australia are so different using this example of... Um, yes, tell me. Who can tell me that? Anyone among the students? I think some of you are sleeping. Use your brain. Tell me why the animals of Australia are so different. Shama, would you like to try? Hello? Hello? Can everybody hear me? Is the signal reaching you clearly? Hello, students? Hello? Hello? Yes. Hello? I'm hearing you. Hello? I just said I can leave it. I asked you a question. I asked you a question just now. Why do you think the animals of Australia are so different and unique from the rest of the world? Why Australian animals are so different? Like kangaroo, wallaby, flatty bird, koala bear. Why this Australia? Uh, Atmosphere condition on the
sound is not coming clearly sir one sound bad sound is coming i know this is the problem nowadays nowadays the network is not behaving nice shama would you like to give the answer why the animals of australia are so different from the rest of the world by using your logic would you like to try sir could not listen the question on the properly generations 
due to constant change in the gene by crossbreeding with different animals and even subpopulations of the same species and gradually give rise to new species. Or it can be a change which lasts only a few generations and then that animal becomes extinct. Okay, so that will be microevolution. Look at the next paragraph. Over generations, genetic drift will accumulate different changes in each subpopulation. Also, natural selection may also operate differently of one subpopulation. Crows are eliminated by eagles, for example, but this does not happen for the other subpopulation, where crow numbers are very high. As a result, the grain variation will not be selected at the first sight, while it will be strongly selected at the second. Can you see the second paragraph of page 151, students? Yes, sir. Okay. It is saying, for example, in the territory of one subpopulation, crows are eliminated by eagles. That means the crows cannot eat the beetles anymore. So the beetles, that is the green-colored beetles, will become more in number because the eagles are killing the crows and the crows will not be able to kill the beetles and eat the beetles anymore. So the green-colored beetles will flourish and they will become more in number. That is the explanation of that paragraph. Look at the next paragraph. Together, the processes of genetic drift and natural selection will result in these two isolated subpopulations. Here it means the beetles on the two sides of the mountain. The two isolated subpopulations of beetles becoming more and more different from each other. Eventually, members of these two groups will be incapable of reproducing with each other, even if they happen to meet. So, the beetles, although both of them are beetles, they will become so different from each other slowly, slowly, that even if they meet one day, by chance, they will not be able to mate with each other and they will not be able to reproduce a baby with each other. Do you understand, students? For example, if I take a pig and if I take a hippopotamus, do you think they will be able to produce a baby together? A pig and a hippopotamus? Yes, students? Do you think so? Yes. Do you think so, boys? A pig and a hippopotamus will be able to produce a baby? Boys are sleeping. Hello, boys. Are you there? Hello. Yes, sir. Tell me, do you think a pig and a hippopotamus will be able to produce a baby or not? A pig and a hippopotamus will not be able to produce a baby. Although pig and hippopotamus belongs to the same family, okay? Let me tell you, just like tiger and lion belong to the same family, a pig and a hippopotamus belong to the same family but they cannot produce with each other because they have become very different. Okay. On the other hand, if I cross a lion with a tiger, can a lion and a tiger, although they are separate species, but since both of them belong to the cat family, do you think a lion and a tiger can produce a baby? Yes or no? <laughs> Boys, can lion and tiger produce a baby? Can lion and tiger reproduce if they are crossed with each other? The answer is yes. In some zoos in the world, especially Calcutta Zoo, lion and tiger have been mated 
and they have given birth to baby also. It is a very difficult process. First of all, lions are not found where tigers live. You can only have this in a zoo. Places in the world where lions live, tigers are not found there. Okay, so you can do this only in a zoo. A lion and a tiger were really mated in Calcutta Zoo many many years back, and they really gave birth to a animal which is called a litigon. The father was a lion, the mother was a tiger. Then a tiger, uh, that is a male tiger, and a lioness, that is a female lion, were mated with each other, and they gave rise to a tigon. These are strange animals which look half like a tiger, half like a lion. For example, I have read somewhere that they make the sound of a lion, but they have stripes like a tiger. Okay, it is very very funny. They have a little hair around their head also, and they look slightly like a, uh, a lion. But there are stripes also on the body, one part of the body. So it is a bit like a tiger and they roar like a tiger also. It's very, very funny, okay? So these kind of animals have been reproduced using mating of lion and tiger in the zoo. But in natural selection, you cannot have this kind of thing, okay? A chimpanzee, for example, cannot meet and mate with another type of chimpanzee. There are many types of chimpanzee. Normally, they don't mate with each other. In the wild animals, this does not really happen, okay? So a new variation emerges, and that is why, why when we say that the species has become so different, it is a totally new species. It is a totally, totally new species. It is not the previous species. Do you understand? It is a totally new species which has never come before in the history of the world, okay? This allows very strong natural selection for greenness. Now, if such a green female beetle meets a red male from the other group, her behavior will ensure that there is no reproduction between them. Even if a green female beetle comes to meet a red male beetle one day from the other group, still they will not be able to reproduce because their genes have become totally different, although they are both beetles, okay? Effectively, new species of beetles are being generated. So this is the basis of speciation. In today's class, I tried to explain to you section 9.4, all about speciation. Is that clear, students? This is the topic of today's class. Okay, students? Yes? Yes. So you go back and study this speciation. All right? Yes. Study this part. Stopping the class now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.